Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers lost last night in the preseason, so nothing particularly new there. Jeannie Buss gave her latest quotes uh, to Rich Eisen about her inner circle. And unfortunately, nothing particularly new there either. So let's get to all of that. First, let's talk about the game. So the Lakers lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves 118-113. to uh, This is the first game so far this preseason that when LeBron and AD and Russ and the core rotation was out there that the Lakers didn't appear to be clearly the better team. I would probably argue that they got uh, outplayed frankly, fairly handily, honestly, by a Minnesota Timberwolves team that was not playing with Carl Anthony Towns and was not playing uh, with Rudy Gobert, which means that the Lakers' advantage should have been at the two positions that LeBron and AD started at, right? AD started at center in this one, and the Lakers played a whole bunch of guards in in this one. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson was not active in tonight's game, and uh, I'm, I'm looking through here really quickly, and Wayne and Gabriel only played eight minutes. So this was a guard-heavy rotation. This was uh, supposedly going to be a preview of the way that the Lakers were going to approach the rotation in this upcoming season, according to Darvin Ham. Uh, and, and look, it's a concern that I have voiced <laughs> basically since we found out that apparently Russell Westbrook is going to be a Laker for the foreseeable future, that the Lakers have a bottleneck of, of talent at guard. And if you're, if, if ham is basically going to go and build his rotation around the most talented players that he has on his team, that means you have to find a bunch of extra time to play a bunch of guards. But and, and, and Ham said after the game that they're going to be playing a positionless style of basketball, which is okay, you know, in theory. Obviously, LeBron and that Heat team helped evolutionize the the concept of positionless basketball. But if you're going to be playing positionless basketball, there are still responsibilities that come with those guys who are playing at those positions, right? Like you could say, oh, yeah, everybody... We're going to run out five guards out here, and everybody's going to share responsibilities across the entire floor, and, and, and it's all going to work out great. But, like, okay, somebody still has to rebound. Somebody still has to space the floor. Somebody still has to defend the other team's two and three players. And, and it's just like you can you can speak stuff into existence, but it's not <laughs> – it, basketball doesn't necessarily work that way. And, and I think last night's game was, a, a while it's one of a few preseason games and we are all talking about extremely small sample sizes here, the data is not going to be true. From what I saw last night, it's, it's, it was actually kind of a combination of the two worst concerns that I have about this team is, one, they're really small in their non-front court spots. Two, when even if you're going to be playing small ball, what you're hoping to do is create advantages by way of spacing, by way of uh, on ball creativity. But if you're playing Patrick Beverly, 
not particularly creative on the ball. If you're playing Russell Westbrook, he's not going to be spacing the floor. And uh, Lonnie Walker, historically not the best floor spacer. And Austin Reeves, even given what people think of him as a shooter, not your typical floor spacer. Like the Lakers, if you're going to be playing small, this is what they ran into last year too. The Lakers would often run out three-guard lineups but wouldn't get any of the advantages that you would hope to get by being small. They aren't explosive offensively uh, by way of the three-point line. And obviously, defensively, there are going to be real concerns when you have three guys, 6'3 and under, out there trying to defend NBA-sized backcourts. So, I I don't know. It's one preseason, preseason game and all of that, but in a night that you had LeBron go uh, 25 minutes and shoot 9 of 12 from the field, um, and you had Anthony Davis play 27 minutes and shoot 7 of, seven of 11 from the field, you would hope to at least be, you know, clearly the, the better team here, not clearly kind of outmatched by the team that you're playing against. And this was one of the red flags from early in last year. And to see this red flag pop up already here on a night that is supposed to kind of showcase the potential rotation for the Lakers moving forward. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. You know what else makes me nervous? Shit like this. Who are your, your who is in your inner circle? There's so much conversation this yeah, time about I, who I, is you, in your inner circle. Yeah, people Buss. are like fascinated with, with uh, that for some reason. And, you know, I could ask you, do you ever ask Mark Cuban who his inner circle is? or Joe Lacob, who his inner circle is. It's just, I, it, there's just something about being a woman, I think, that people feel like, oh, you know, what crutches does she need or what does she lean on because she's not capable of doing it herself. So, um, you know, I have um, great people that work with, I, that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, people seem most interested in Linda Rambis who I've been working with for, you know, over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've operated in the same style since I started working, you know, with the organization and even before that with the Great Western Forum putting on events. And, um, you know, I build, I, I'm a leader. I'm not a dictator. I like to build consensus. I like to hear from, you know, everybody at the table. And uh, then ultimately it's, you know, people need to understand I'm the governor of the team and I'm held accountable for every decision that's made, both business and basketball. So if anything goes wrong, it's on my watch and I'm held accountable for it. Well, I mean, I, I do feel compelled to say that, you know, I have immense respect for you. Right. I mean, like I'm, I'm and I and I and, and in the. But and I mean, I'm let saying, me ask you, like, do you, have you ever asked any man that well, question? Well, honestly, it, Jerry Jones, who is an owner of another jewel of mm-hmm. a sport, um, has a lot of questions posed of him as to who his inner circle is and whether they're qualified in order to do it because okay. it's his family. You know what I mean? Like, right, the, the, right. like, hey, you know, like, shouldn't you have a regular general manager is <laughs> always posed of, of Jerry Jones. And if I had... Hal Steinbrenner, if he was kind enough to do what you're doing, which is appear on this program, mm-hmm. uh, I would say to him, who are you talking to to make sure Aaron Judge gets signed? But that might just be me as a Yankee fan. <laughs> okay. And I think that, that that is part of the questions. Uh, certainly with Rob Palenka signed from 25 through 26, there are yes. some fans wondering why you did that. 
and who's helping, you know, guide your process if you need that. I mean, Kobe was also a guy that you leaned on quite a yes. bit as well when he was alive. Yeah, so. and, and Magic Johnson and Phil Jackson. Right. You know, but there's it seems to make people crazy when I answer those questions. So, um, you know, I again, it's like I don't know why I have to explain that. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> excuse me. Um, um, I guess I was going to make a point about. Um, <sighs> You know about just, about who's who. You know again. I I was just saying that for 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 folks in this town, that's perhaps why, or maybe they do view you as a woman, and you need to answer that. I I I I, I, I that's not why I'm asking. Oh, that's yeah, what I'm basically I, I know saying. what I was going to explain. I'm glad sure. you brought up Rob. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. I'm glad that you brought up Rob Palenka because um, he, he signed an extension um, at the end of last season. Yes. Because I wanted to make sure that um, he and the coach were on the same page. Mm -hmm. So before going on this search for a new coach, that, um, you know, that they would, it wouldn't be the general, that the coach wondering if the general manager was all in because yes. his deal would be coming up. And, you know, just to to really create a collaboration between front office and coach, which is what I, you know, advocate for because of my relationship with Phil Jackson. I know what an NBA coach goes through and how it feels like you're put on the plank mm -hmm. to stand out there alone. And I wanted to make sure that the, the new coach that we hired knew that there would be this support, that there would be this long-term opportunity to, you know, build success and that it wouldn't be about you know, who's on the hot seat next. So this was done and it just happened to come out right yeah, now. It, I don't know why it <laughs> happened to come out. I, right. I do believe that we might have an internal leak, but mm. um, it just, it, it, the timing was strange to me. Um, and, you know, so thank you for letting me uh, of clarify that. Absolutely. Jeannie Buzz here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. That audio brought to you by the Rich Eisen Show, a Sirius XM Westwood One Odyssey product. Jeannie Buss basically saying that she can't quite figure out why fans would be interested or fascinated, to use her own words, by the way that the Lakers operate as an organization is just, man, it's so frustrating because the reason we're fascinated by it, the reason that we're interested in it is because it is so far removed from the way that the rest of the NBA operates. Yes, there are inner circles. And yes, there are people in, throughout professional sports who have jobs that they don't necessarily deserve because of nepotism and cronyism and favoritism. And, and yeah, that is not unique to the Lakers here by any stretch of the imagination. But what is kind of unique here is the outright dismissal of any and all criticism of the way that the Lakers operate. When 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 Jeannie Buss goes out here and 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 basically says that yeah, I, I am the person who needs to be held accountable when the Lakers don't meet expectations, and then tries to hide behind misogyny uh when questioned about the decisions that she has made, aka accountability <laughs> that is it just flies in the face of what she's trying to sell here and you know 
look, Jeannie said in in that in that at the very end of that clip that apparently Rob Palenka was given an extension right after last season, so that he and and the coaches' contracts would match up together. It's like, yeah, that makes some sense in in theory, but then you remember, hold on. Last season ended, and your first fucking move was to extend the person who put that roster together. That was your decision. That's what you went with there, and <laughs> and and you're wondering why all of us here are quote unquote fascinated by the fact that you employ Linda Rambis. No, nobody cares about Linda Rambis herself. People care about Linda Rambis because she empowers Kurt, a complete failure in every aspect of his post-NBA playing career, people are wondering why Linda Rambis has the power to allow Kurt Rambis to have real feedback and real power with the NBA's marquee franchise. That's why people care, Jeannie. And then, you know, when you talk about like, you know, oh, I, I guess we have a leak in the organization. Jeannie, Rob does Woj's podcast regularly. All the time. Where do you think Woj gets his shit from? It's like, oh, yeah, sure. And, and, and you know, we, we can get angry about the news that comes out of this, or you can get angry at the, about, about the fact that the news is making its way to the public. And usually the people who get angry about leaks are angry about the fact that they're trying to hide something and at, from the public, and the public keeps finding out about it. You know, a, a decent way to, to solve that problem is to have fewer things to hide, is to have fewer things to be ashamed of when the public finds out about it. So yeah, I, it, it, when, when, when Jeannie goes and has these kind of interviews uh, with, with people who actually kind of respond to her accusations of misogyny and, and credit to Rich Eisen for basically telling her, no, everybody has questions about organizations that seem to be held back by nepotism. On all of the other stuff, all of the interviews that she has done to this point, she hasn't gotten that pushback. And her looking completely out of her element when she received that pushback really kind of speaks to, again, like these rehearsed, responses that you don't think you're going to get any kind of pushback on and that lack of preparedness for this stuff is just all of it when you combine it with with hey i just i don't understand why fans would care about why the lakers might be falling short of expectations all of it just really highlights how out of touch she is with the way that the lakers should be run the way that all of their competition is run uh, and until she kind of comes to that realization that the way that she is doing things is not optimal, we're just going to sit here and hit our heads up against the wall with each and every new quote that she gives about why her inner circle isn't something that people should care about. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown Podcast. Uh, we have a couple more shows to fill out the rest of the week, uh, one being the one with Harrison, which I would imagine is going to have some fireworks, so you're going to want to tune into that. And then I have a fun interview lined up uh, for Friday, as it currently stands, not giving it away. 
because that's how I, I don't like to give those things away. So until then, until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.